Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Unless you're talking about the bridge and seaport, even from the seats in the upper decks, you can see the seashore. Tailgate function with the carnival side. Just walk from the tribal building for the Padres. I'm on it. Yeah, because for the 619, we'll knock you down. Anything for the brown, put it on the town. Started back rocking the brown. Ever since we've been knocking them down. Baby says she want to go to the game. Taught her how to say Padre gang. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 252 of the Talking for Hours podcast and YouTube show. I am your host, Ben Fadden. Today, we're going to be previewing the Padres and Phillies National League Championship Series with someone who knows the Phillies very well out there in Philadelphia, 94 WIP, Joe Giglio. Joe, thank you so much for joining the show. You got it, man. It's, a, it's an exciting time for both our teams right now, for sure. Definitely is. All right, so... There's a lot to talk about here, you know, Bryce and Manny and both teams. I think both teams are really similar. But first off, just want to ask you, what is it like right now uh, in Philadelphia? I mean, with the Eagles playing really well, and then obviously the Phillies probably surprising uh, some, probably a lot of the baseball world. I mean, I'm sure that has to be pretty nuts out there right now. Yeah, it's electric right now. Um, it, it really is. I was at game three of the, uh, the Phillies and the Braves on Friday night. Uh, and that Citizens Bank Park was as loud as any building I've ever been in. When uh, when Reese Hoskins hit that home run off of Spencer Strider, it just it, it erupted. And then uh, on Saturday, we saw that Ken Rosenthal shared the screenshot on his phone of the noise, uh, decibel level uh, notifications he was getting on Friday night. So it, it was crazy. And then you throw the Eagles in. Uh, yeah, it's, um, it's pretty cool right now. People are very excited. Yeah. Um... You know, Philadelphia, we can move to the Phillies here now. Philadelphia seems like a similar team to the Padres. I mean, the offenses, top to bottom, there's guys that can hurt you. Obviously, we saw over the weekend with Brandon Marsh with that home run. Um, you know, there's speed. There, there's there's speed some places in the order. Uh, starting rotation, you have those top arms in the rotation. And then the bullpens, both bullpens have been really good. The Padres entering Saturday's win against the Dodgers. They hadn't allowed a run in four games, uh, going back to the Mets wildcard series. Uh, the Phillies, I believe the first three games of that series, they allowed, I think, one run out of their bullpen. So what do you think, out of this Philly team, what part has been like the biggest surprise to you? Yeah, the biggest surprise um, with the Phillies right now is just how good the bullpen has become. Because... I mean, a couple of years ago, it was literally the worst bullpen of all time. And even as early as this year, uh, again, it was trending towards being a bad bullpen. And it just, 
I, I don't know if it was the managerial change, if it was, um, you know, just the, the reemergence of Jose Alvarado, who is, you know, was, his whole career with the Phillies was, he was bad. I mean, he just couldn't control his pitches, and he was sent down to the minor leagues in late May, right around the time that the Phillies made a managerial change. Well, they brought Alvarado back a few weeks later, and I, I would say since he returned, he's been one of the top five relievers in baseball, and it's kind of made it work with Trantini Dominguez, Alvarado. They've added Zach Eflin to the bullpen. Interestingly enough, he got hurt in June. He was, everyone thought he was out for the season. He couldn't make it back as a starter. Didn't have enough time to build up innings. They said, all right, you want to try to come out of the bullpen? And he's been really good for them. So the bullpen being this good has changed their team. You know, they're a good offense. They have good starting rotation. That was pretty much there all year. But it was the bullpen. That really is the surprising part because that hadn't been the Phillies until, I would say, a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. And with the Padres, I mean, the Padres, their strength for like the last four years, really, I mean, it's been their bullpen. Just through the history of the Padres, you know, the, the back end of the bullpen has been strong. I kind of like you with our Padres here in San Diego. I didn't expect it to be this lockdown, though. I mean, at the beginning of the season, there were a lot of questions, you know, with the closer position. Uh, Taylor Rogers first got in, was doing well, and then he was really struggling. Didn't know what they were going to do about it. Then they got Josh Hader, and he was really, really struggling at the beginning of his time with the Padres. Had, you know, was giving up like six runs and outings and just couldn't find the strike zone, but now he has found it. Robert Suarez, their eighth inning guy, hasn't allowed a run since August. Uh, it just seems like everyone in the bullpen is clicking. And moving to both teams' lineups now, uh, obviously, Bryce and Manny, those are the two big names, the superstars, and that's going to get a lot of play, I think, in this series, you know, nationally and all that, um, you know, with the same free agency. Uh, they've just been really linked together a lot of their careers. I wanted to ask from the Philly perspective, what have you guys thought of what Bryce has bought, brought to the table this year for the Phillies? Uh, I think he's been one of the most valuable players in baseball, but he's not in the MVP conversation because of the time he missed. Uh, and But I think he has been very, very valuable to the Phillies because he's playing through injury, uh, but he's still, you know, posting every day, at least as the DH. Yeah, Bryce has been incredible. Um, it, it's, it's rare, I think, when you get free agents that work out as good as these two guys have. And I remember right. that, that winter, um, that chase, right, the, the chase the Phillies made after really both of these guys. And I think their plan... I don't really think they had a preference, to be honest. And in fact, if, if I were to say when it started, I think their preference was Andy Machado because their front office at the time was the ex-Oils guys, Matt Klintak and Andy McPhail, who drafted Machado. Um, I, think the, I think the front office was kind of like, we'll take either. Uh, probably preferred Machado because the defense, uh, the fan base, though, wanted Harper. I think he kind of connected with the fan base, and you know, people knew him here from the division, and he kind of became the one people wanted. And they ended up with Harper. I mean, there was no going wrong in, in that. I mean, I, I, remember, I made the point at the time that free agents at that age, they just, that doesn't happen, right? 25 years old. I mean, those, those are the guys that are worth the $300 million contracts they got. So I was all in on getting either. I preferred Harper because I trusted his stat a little bit more. Uh, but they're both great players. So, so Bryce has really become uh, the fan favorite in Philadelphia. Now, I do wonder, as his career ages, how he'll hold up physically. I think Machado might be the better bet um, as the next five, six, seven years go. I mean, Bryce has had back issues. Bryce has the 
elbow issue now, which could require Tommy John when the season ends. I mean, it's kind of the quiet thing around the Phillies. He hasn't been able to throw a baseball since April. So I, I think long-term Machado might age better because his game just has that kind of feel to it, and he never seems to get hurt. Um, but, man, they're both great players, and it's going to be fun to watch this. I'm sure that'll be a storyline when they play game one on Tuesday night, you know, these two guys and how they kind of push these two franchises forward when they sign. Definitely. Um, what would you say is your guys' you know, biggest worry? What is Phillies fans' biggest worry heading into this series against the Padres? Is it facing the Padres' rotation or just how great the Padres' pitching staff has been? Or is it more about um, if you guys are going to come and produce? Is the bullpen going to be able to come through against the Padres' lineup? What's the biggest worry? Yeah, I, I think um, the way I would say what I think the biggest Phillies deficit or what I would call my biggest worry is it's still their defense. Uh, they're a pretty poor defensive team. And in what I expect to be a close series, uh, and then whatever, right? but maybe if the Phillies get past it, this is the World Series, what should be a close series, close games, the lights are brightest. The Phillies really are poor defensively. J.T. Renluto is very good at a catcher. Um, Brandon Marsh is a, a well above average center fielder. He, he might be a gold glover one day. That's where it ends for the Phillies as a, a you know above average. You know, maybe their average shortstop would stop, uh, but that's it. I mean, they and maybe Segura. They, I could say they're average up the middle. The whole thing up the middle is either above average or average. But in the corners, they're pretty horrific. I mean, Castellanos and Schwarber, you might not find a worse pair of corner outfielders defensively. Um, Alec Bohm, although he's worked his way back from being the worst defensive third baseman, like he's still, you know, I would, 25 out of 30. Like, he's still bad. Uh, and then Reese Hoskins, I'm sure you saw it over the first round. He made a lot of defensive mistakes. I mean, he, he basically mm-hmm. cost him in game two. Even in game three, where everyone loved him, he had a ball he dropped at first base, and he had another one on a double on a scoop that he should have made. He fell down. So I think big picture, that's the biggest worry, that in a tight game, tight series, the Phillies make two or three defensive miscues, and the Padres take advantage. That's really where the Phillies are deficient. And, that the, and the Padres on the other side of things, at least speaking from the Padre fan perspective, uh, the defense has been really, really good. I mean, they had that pass ball or wild pitch or whatever on Saturday, but Hassan Kim's one of the best defensive shortstops in baseball. Obviously, we know what Manny brings. Uh, Will Myers at first base. After the Hosmer trade, Will's been playing first base when Will got back from the knee injury. And uh, Jake Cronenworth at second base. I could watch that guy play defense all day long. Soto and Wright, I mean, he has a very strong arm. I know you know a lot about Soto in that NL East, watching him in the NL East uh, for years in his, the first part of his career. Uh, and in left field, Profar, he's, I think he's like second in Major League Baseball this year in assists in the outfield. Grisham won a gold glove in 2020, made, uh, has already made some really tremendous plays in the postseason so far. Uh, so, yeah, I think that is a worry probably for the Phillies fans. And uh, for the Padres, I think the defense is not a worry. I would probably think it's more of if their offense is going to be consistent uh, throughout the series, if the bottom part of the order is going to be able to come through like it has against the Mets in the wild card series, like it had uh, against the Dodgers over the weekend in the NLDS, because there has been times where the top of the order hasn't come through and the Grishams, the Nolas, the Kims, Profars, they've had to come through and that's been big for the Padres and why they've been able to get past two 100 win teams already. Um, my next question for you, I saw on your uh, Twitter that you put out a poll asking fans who do you rather face. I think this was before the NLDS was over, and it was Padres or Dodgers. 
and 80, a little over 80% said the Padres. Are, are you sure that they want to face the Padres now after what happened and what the Padres did to the Dodgers? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, yeah, I wonder if all those people that voted Padres after Watson take out the Dodgers would feel the same way. I, I still think if I put the poll up again, like, you know, if pretending it wasn't, we didn't know the outcome, I still think a lot would choose the Padres. I mean, I think that's a lot of respect for the Dodgers. 111 wins, all that. But just from my perspective, I, I don't think this is going to be a picnic for the Phillies. Right? I, think the, I think the Padres, but both these teams, I think, have figured it out. After, you know, a lot of the summer where you didn't know, right? The Phillies had a bad September. The Padres struggled until September, it felt like. You just, it was very difficult to trust either of these teams. But I, I think what's gone on so far, the Padres winning in New York and then taking out the Dodgers, the Phillies winning in St. Louis, taking out the Braves, is like a renewed confidence. Um, it, it's a really interesting LCS because both of these teams kind of have that claim of team of destiny right now. And now they're going to go up against each other um, as the five and six seed. So while I do think it's just natural to say, yeah, I'd rather play the team that won, what, 22 less games than the Dodgers, I don't foresee this being an easy series for the Phillies. I was curious to see who would open up as the favorite, and it, it looks like it's the Padres as a slight favorite. Yeah, it's pretty even. Uh, 89 wins versus 87. San Diego's home field. But, yeah, I, I wouldn't say this. Um, it's not like a fire relief. Like, whew, you know, it's just the Padres. I, I think people here uh, respect how good the team is and, and all the star power in San Diego, too. Do you think that the Phillies ultimately will win the series? Like, do you see them as the favorites? Can you repeat that? Do you see the Phillies as the favorites in this series? I know they're not, but do you see them as? Yeah, I mean, I, I would, if I had to set the odds, I would set the Padres as the favorite. I, I do think San Diego is is slightly better. The one thing I would say the Phillies have going for them right now is, you know, it, and it's weird because it's, I think the format was not supposed to help, the, you know, the five and six seed, but I think the Phillies, just by the way they've clinched in two and in, in four, instead of having to go to game three of the first round or game five this past round, they have their pitching set up. Um, you know, they've been able to use – if you look at the innings that they've thrown in the, in the series, the two series so far, it, it's crazy how many of those innings have gone to Zach Wheeler, Aaron Nola, Jose Alvarado – Anthony Dominguez, Zach Eflin. They said they're just using their five best pitchers over and over. They're going to be able to do that again. Now, more guys will have to pitch. It's a longer series. I understand that. But, you know, they're set up. Right? They have Wheeler and Nola game one, two, five, six. Um, their bullpen will be fully rested for a couple days. So that is the one thing I think they really have going for them. It reminds me a little bit of the 2019 Nationals. They just kept finding a way to just use the same five or six pitchers, and they rode them all the way to a championship. The Phillies, I, I would say the Padres pitching depth, and I thought the same thing about the Braves and the Cardinals, it's better than the Phillies. Like if you lined up, hey, here's your 13 pitchers, here's my 13 pitchers, I think I would choose the Padres. But if we're talking about just the top six or seven, the Phillies might have the advantage. So I think the, the way the script goes, um, it certainly it has been good for the Phillies. We'll see if it continues to be. And the other thing, I'll throw this nugget at you. Game one is gigantic. The Phillies have never in their history won a postseason series without winning game one. Every playoff series the Phillies have ever won, they've led 1-0 after one. So um, not that that means, not that that's totally predictive, but I, I do think game one is crucial. Yeah, and uh, Darvish is starting game one for the Padres, and you said it was Wheeler, I think, for the Phillies for game one? Yes, yes, Wheeler pitched game one. 
Nola will pitch game two. I actually think Nola is, is slightly better right now, so that kind of adds to it, too. Right? So let's get game one and then have Nola. They'd be in good shape. And uh, obviously the Padres, you know, Darvish is, is an excellent pitcher himself. Interesting, yeah. And uh, Snell, I'd rather have Snell pitching at home than on the road, and that's what the Padres have. Uh, with Snell probably going game two, Musgrove game three on uh, Friday in Philly. And then they'll see what happens after that. Um, and the Padres, you know, their top uh, top six or seven guys, I mean, if we're going with starters and Darvish, Snell, Musgrove, and then Hayter, Suarez, and uh, probably Nick Martinez or Tim Hill, I mean, I'd put that up against anyone right now in this league. And I'm sure Phillies fans would probably say the same with the way that their pitching staff is pitching right now. And um, that just leads me to the question about, you know, the fan bases. I mean, this is just, I think, a tremendous uh, story right now between the Padres and the Phillies. Obviously, no one had the Padres and the Phillies going to the NLCS and facing each other. Both the Padres and, you know, the Phillies, their fan base is very, very passionate. I know that the Phillies, they might seem like nationally, maybe people might think that they're more passionate or whatever about, you know, their team than the Padres, but that's just probably because of the major market and all that. Um, but what do you think about, you know, both fan bases haven't been in the playoffs in a long time, at least in a full season. Padres, it was, you know, 16 years. Uh, it, was, it was a long time. And now we both get to be here in the NLCS uh, and have a lot of playoff games at home. I just think it's tremendous uh, for the two cities. And I know the ratings, it's not, some people think it's not going to be the best ratings. I mean, Padres, Phillies, Harper Machado, you have the Nola brothers, you have Nola, um, Aaron, and, and then Wheeler, Hayter, Soto. There's a bunch of big names in this series. Uh, I think it's still shaping up for a really, really good series here. Yeah, I just uh, it's going to be electric. I mean, I, I think that's the word I would use. It's going to be electric on both sides. Um, you know, in baseball, we very rarely see home field matter that much. You know, usually it's not like football, right? Home or basketball, you know, NBA, game seven, you always want to be at home. But I, I do have a sense this could be a home field series. Like, if you told me right now that the home team won every game in this series, it wouldn't floor me. Now, it's probably not going to happen. That, that's a lot to think. But I wouldn't be shocked if that happened. I, I think these two crowds are excellent. Um, they, they might be the two best crowds left right now in the postseason. I'd say anything away from, uh, I think the Guardians crowd is really great. I mean, obviously, we know the Yankees crowd. Um, we'll see if they affect game five at all. But, yeah, I think it's really cool for baseball, these two fan bases that are really starving for this. I, I, I thought the Padres crowd for years now, since they got pretty good, has it, really been great and kind of like different than most crowds. And their, their game's fun to watch on TV when I catch them. Um, and then the Phillies crowd, you know, it, it's like it, it's a dormant fan base. The fan base waiting for 11 years for something to be excited about. And, um, and they were there packing, packing the stadium in game three and four. So, yeah, I mean, the, the stadium's already sold out for three, four, five here in Philadelphia. So... I think we're getting a long series, and I think the whole field will be uh, will be amazing for, for both sides. Yeah. Uh, last question here, kind of a fun one. I know that, obviously, the Philly cheesesteak's big in Philly. Uh, Cali burritos, big here uh, in San Diego. Have you tried California burritos before? Which one's better? I, I missed the last thing you said. Which one's better between what? California burritos and cheesesteaks. Oh, so, yeah, I mean, if, if anyone... Here, here's my answer. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be in a lot of trouble, but I would take the California burrito. I, I I've been out there before. Um, it's been a while, but I have been to California and ha- have had the burrito. I'm a burrito guy. Like if I, if I, if I, my family, my kids always laugh because they're like, if 
if we just leave you alone, all you do for the weekend is eat burritos. Like, I'm, I'm a burrito guy, Mexican food guy, so I go with that. Um, obviously, we, we make some great cheesesteaks here. But, yeah, I would, I would choose the, uh, the California burrito if I could only have one, for sure. There we go. Well, that's a perfect segue because the sponsor of this episode, uh, Gaglione Bros Famous Cheesesteaks and Garlic Fries, gaglionebros.com is the website. They're located inside Petco Park for this NLCS. Uh, so Padre fans, Phillies fans, if you're listening to this, if you're going to Petco, feel free to head over to their stand down the third baseline. Uh, this has been episode 252 of the Talking Friars podcast and YouTube show. Joe, thank you so much for the time and uh, good luck this series. You got it, man. Good luck. Uh, enjoy. It's going to be a fun week for us to spend. Thanks for having me. Sure definitely is. All right. Thank you, everyone, for listening.